Welcome to episode 65 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor. I'm joined by Matt. Andrew can't be with us today. He's doing some duties with the Coastal Baseball team, so a two-man show. But this is going to be an interesting one because we're talking about another UConn loss. Those don't happen often nowadays. It's the first one in 2024, but obviously the Huskies, I'm sure you all know, fell in Omaha against Creighton on Tuesday. The score, I believe, 85-66. It was Honestly, a little closer than that. We got it within 10 at the under four or closely under four, but they hit some shots and it was just, it never really felt like we were going to win even when we were coming back. But yeah, 14 game winning streak snap, but to a very good, I mean, number 15 in the country, Creighton, they're not, not that it's not like he went out and lost at Seton Hall again on the road. I mean, this is a game that you almost didn't expect to win in a way because we've never won out there. But Matt, what was your overall reaction to that one? Yeah, I mean, we came in kind of sluggish. I mean, a total of 18% from three. Uh, that You're not going to win any game shooting 18% from three, uh, especially against a team like Creighton, who shot 50%. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, we were talking before, a couple of their misses came, just chucking up shots at the end. So, I mean, probably around 60%. Uh, but, you know, we had some guys show up. We had some guys not show up. Uh, Newton obviously came through. But guys like Caravan, uh, guys like Spencer, you know, didn't have their best games as Huskies. Um, overall, like I, I said before, I think that we, if we were to pick a loss, like after a haul, that this would be the one that we kind of collectively agreed upon. Just because, you know, Creighton's a great team. We're on the road. We never win there. Uh, so, I mean, you know, fair game to them. They beat us, you know. Obviously, through some crazy streaky shooting, but you know they still beat us. So, yeah, streaky shooting. I mean, some of those looks they hit in the first half were ridiculous. Stephen Ashworth is the guy that killed us the most. He had that one where, like, he did a step back in both Spencer and Caravan, like dropped down. He was a good 10, 12 feet beyond the arc and just drilled it. I mean, when shots like that are falling for you, I mean, they don't never Creighton never gets bench production like they did. 14 points, four threes. I mean, I don't know. That was just a perfect game almost for Creighton. And it's tough to beat a team like that when they play their perfect game. Yeah. And actually in the preview episode, I mentioned a lot about Steven Ashworth and now and how no team with him playing would ever beat us. And I ate my words pretty hard. Uh, he's probably the main reason that they beat us. So shout out to Steven Ashworth. I ate my words. Yeah, you proved us wrong there. But I mean, Jason Green is a guy off their bench who had never made a three in his career, and he made his first two. He took Francisco Farabello had a couple of threes. One of them was wide open, one of our many defensive breakdowns off an inbounds play. Just if guys like that, even Ashworth, obviously he scored 20 points and clearly proved us wrong, but he's still not a guy that you can't let that happen. You need to limit him. Obviously, you limit you limited Shireman. He didn't score in the first half. I believe he still ended up with 12 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Kalkbrenner played pretty much 40 minutes. He just sat for maybe 10 seconds. He had 15 points, four blocks. I mean, Trey Alexander, a solid 16. They just, they're probably better than Marquette, I feel like. I feel like they're the second best team in this conference. Not saying that just because they beat us and we destroyed Marquette. Just the amount of weapons that Creighton has, they can beat you in many different ways. That night it was Ashworth. It could have been any of the big three. Just, yeah, I feel like Creighton's certainly the second best team in this conference. I agree with that. They were an Elite Eight team last year, and I honestly predict them to go maybe a little bit farther than that this year, I said in our Big East preview. But, I mean, as a 15 seed, 
as a 15 rank um storming the court kind of threw me off i don't know why i don't know if i'm kind of jumping the gun on this topic but uh you know you're a 15 you're 15th in the country we're first we're in conference we're on the road where we've never beaten you i don't know like just kind of rubbed me the wrong way i'm not like petty or salty or angry about it it's just kind of weird but i took it a little bit as a compliment too kind of to the point that we're back up there um it honestly felt a little good to have someone storm the court on us because we were the school that was doing that not too long ago. So uh, I'm just enjoying, you know, being on top while we're, while we're still there. I personally, and this is going off topic, is I have a strong opinion on all the court storming. I feel like around the whole sport, it's a little too much. I mean, you see three or four a night. I mean, there's nowhere there's that many games that are worth that, like, in my opinion, if you expect to win the game going in and you win the game, there's no reason to storm the court. Like, I feel like every single Creighton fan expected to win that game, no matter if it's 15 versus one, because they're two very good teams. You're obviously confident in your own team and you expect to win. So I don't know. It's just I you could, I've had this opinion, even if we won that game, it's not just a UConn thing. It's really a whole college basketball thing if you I feel like usually you expect to win as the home team so I don't know it's just weird to me I understand why they did it don't get me wrong but it's just they didn't do that and it's just we have a number one next to our name that's really it and you're kind of placing yourself as this underdog which doesn't make much sense to me because you want to be a force I mean we're 24 and 3 and they're 20 and 7 our records are really not that different um, I mean we have similar losses we're similar teams so it's like I just don't understand why you would want to place yourself like un under us in a way when we're actually pretty even and we play the same teams and we have similar records. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Now, I don't remember if Seton Hall stormed. Do you remember if Seton Hall did against us? I I don't, I don't think they did. I'm not. Yeah, positive, I, mean, but I don't think they did. We We were ranked five, which obviously isn't one, but still. That's a game I understand it a little more. But even then, like we they beat us at their their place last year. You expect in the Big East, you expect to win your home games no matter who you're playing against. It's just I don't know. It didn't really rub me the wrong way, but it's just like, come on, you're you're better than that. You made an Elite Eight last year. You were second from the final four. You don't need to be court storming, which I guess you mentioned we were that team not too long ago. I feel like against Nova, obviously that was a great two years ago when RJ Cole had the charge. So it was pretty much two years ago today or close to it. I mean, that's a game I kind of disagree with us storming the court. I mean, we're 22, they're eight. We, we feel like we're on the same level. I don't know. It should be for major, major upsets, not top 25 conference games, but we'll move on from that. Talk a little bit more about the Huskies in this when we talked about Creighton. You mentioned Newton. He had a solid game. He finished with, what he finished with? 27 points and 12 rebounds. He also had four assists. He was kind of chucking it, though. Not not like the Kansas game. Kind of similar in the fact that he was the only guy that could put the ball in the hoop, but not similar because he was nowhere near as efficient. He, two for eight from three, he was struggling a lot from deep. We felt like he was kind of forcing it at sometimes because he was the only guy that he thought could get a bucket because guys like Cam Spencer was getting locked up. He went three for eight and didn't make a three. Caravan only scored seven points. I mean... Off the bench, Asan Diara didn't hit a three. He's been doing that more often recently. Just all those other guys were really locked up. So Newton, it seemed like he felt like he had to take over. And I feel like fatigue also played a factor. He played 37 minutes. And when you're trying to force shots 30-plus minutes deep into your game, it's not going to end well. 
there was a lot of desperation coming from other guys too. I mean, Newton obviously chucked up 21 shots. I wouldn't consider it desperate. He was the hot hand, but guys like Caraban, uh, two of seven on the night, one of three from three. He was just looking for shots just to shoot them just because he is Alex Caravan. That was really it. They weren't good shots. I mean, he put up a lot of weird junky shots. So, I mean, taking shots from five feet behind the line, I mean, that's not a good shot, regardless of who you are. I mean, you could kind of see that desperation seep in. I mean, they got it to where they wanted. I just don't – I mean, you could kind of just see from the demeanor of the team after halftime that we weren't going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, there was a period, obviously, Klingon, Donovan Klingon, he finished with 12.7 rebounds, a couple of steals. He picked up his second foul fairly, not fairly early, but early enough where he had to sit a decent portion of that first half. That's when Creighton really started to take off. He came back in in the first half with two fouls, which I don't think he's really done at all since he's been here. I mean, usually with him, you sit him after two, but Creighton, from that point, I feel like that was the turning point of the game because you take him out, you put in Johnson on Kalkbrenner, who I, I had Johnson, my player, to watch for those minutes against Kalkbrenner. It didn't really make a difference because he wasn't the guy to beat us. It was all those threes that beat us. But, yeah, Klingon, when he got the second foul and came out, it felt like the momentum shifted a little bit. And even when he came back, it never really felt like it got fully back to us. There was that run in the second half. It was, I believe, 21 or 23. We cut it to 10. It was an interesting line about there when that was going on. I feel like it was kind of like a last attempt from Hurley. He put Stewart in with Caravan and Klingon. So it was like Stewart playing the true three, which he hasn't really done at all this year, I don't believe, with Caravan and Klingon. Usually it's he's in there with one or one or the other. It's not both of them. But he had a nice bucket. He was playing solid defense on the perimeter. He's a guy who I thought we'd see a little more of in this one for his perimeter defense, but obviously not the case. But yeah, at the end of the day, the team shoots 50% from three. They have how many guys hit multiple threes? One, two, three, four, five guys hit multiple threes. One of them, Baylor, one of them was not Baylor Shireman, who hits like three or four a game. It's just tip your cap, tip your cap to Creighton for that one. You got nothing else from this game. I think we can just shift right over to Villanova. A Saturday night. Oh, you got something? Matt. I was just going to say, to put this one in the past, I mean, we lost to a great team. It's not like we came out and lost the Hall again or we lost to St. John's. I, I like I like this loss just because we kind of got it over with and out of the way, and it was kind of scheduled in a way. So, like you said, tip your cap to Creighton. But, I mean, like I feel like we've both kind of just moved on from it. I feel like that's the right thing to do. I feel like that's what they should do as well. Yeah, definitely. You having another point reminded me I had another point, which isn't really much to talk about. It's kind of nothing, but we all saw the clip of Danny Hurley walking off the court. What he said is up for debate. It sounded like he said, if you reach over, I'll knock you out or something to a fan. Uh, I feel like this is just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a nothing. I mean, the Creighton fans shouldn't be trying to reach over and do whatever to the coach. At the same time, you got to have a little bit more composure than that to talk to the fans that way it goes both ways honestly so everyone's painting Hurley as the bad guy which I'm not surprised because that's not a lot of people like Danny Hurley for a good reason because he's a good coach and he's a fiery guy but I don't know I feel like this is something that'll be not even a factor in a couple of days it'll just be overlooked but honestly not that good of a look for Hurley in the moment 
I just feel like there's no way he would say that. Like, part of me just, like, denies it because it's like there's no chance that he would even say that, um, not even taking the context into account. But, I mean, no matter what he said, I feel like just reacting like that to a fan is just not the right move. Um, you know, he could have said, like, I'll come over there and I'll give you a hug. And I, I feel like people would have still been painting Hurley as, like, this bad guy. Like, I don't know. He's just too fiery. He's, like, there's just a million problems with Hurley. It doesn't to the media not to us it's just i don't know it's something new every week it seems like whether he's getting ejected or people have these opinions um i mean he's one of the best coaches in college basketball and i mean i feel like we should just let him do that just let him coach i mean all the extracurricular stuff you know we should figure out as you know uh, as a school and kind of just figure it out within the system i don't know i feel like it's weird to just kind of paint him on a national picture like that yeah, he's certainly a very emotional guy, emotional coach. You're especially, this goes for anyone, after a loss like that as the number one team, you're going to be emotional. I feel like that the cameras just caught him at a bad time immediately after a loss. But, yeah, we'll just close that point right there. I'm not too – my opinion on Danny Hurley doesn't change. I don't think anybody's opinion on him should change from that. Now we'll finally move over to the preview of Villanova – Saturday night on Fox, but college game day is coming to stores. First of all, on ESPN, 10 o'clock, I believe it starts. It's going to be, it's going to be a very exciting day up in stores all day long, pretty much 12 hours, nonstop activities. But we obviously we already played Villanova in Philly. It was a close game. We only won by one, really four, but Armstrong hit that half court shot for no reason at the end, but they're a team. There's they're, they're Kind of, I feel like recently they've been playing a lot better. They're, I'd say they're on the right side of the bubble as of now. If they beat us, which they could, honestly, I don't know. They played us close last time, but I feel like they beat us. They're certainly an NCAA tournament team. They've, let's see, and they've won three in a row over Seton Hall, Georgetown, and Butler. So no amazing wins there, but still two other bubble teams, Seton Hall and Butler. But what's your overall, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What are your thoughts going into this one, Matt? Another tough game on the road. This is eerily similar to last uh, January when we kind of went in that slump because we had to go to Xavier and then Providence. It was just a mess. We had a huge mess. And this just feels just like that, which it sucks to have right before the end of the season. But I really feel like we can win this game. I mean, especially after a loss, in a way, kind of makes it more in our favor. We have you know, the better bench, we have the better starting five. I just feel like we should win. You know, being on the road obviously does not help, but we are at full strength. We are fully healthy. Uh, we're at last time, no clinging. Oh, wait, off the bench clinging. But I feel like just um, come out, you play your game, and you recognize why you lost last game, and I feel like you should come out of this game with a win. Yeah, in that last game, it was the Tristan Newton show. 25 points, six rebounds, went three of nine from three. But, yeah, Klingon was still coming off the bench at that point. But I believe that was his last game off the bench because I recall correctly after that game, we had it like the eight-day break before we played Xavier. So that was his last game off the bench. But looking at this box score, Newton, 25, Spencer had 14, Caravan, 10. No others were in double figures, but Klingon had six, Castle had six. They're going to be a tough team to beat any night. They had, when we played, they only had six guys score, but all of them scored between 15 and eight points. So they have different weapons that can beat you. 
I don't think we lose this game, especially at home with the atmosphere, but it's certainly I've I've said it all year. I feel like it's tough to go undefeated at home in a season and there's not too many home games for us left. So not saying we're gonna lose this one, but I don't know. Take that however you want. I kind of goofed before I realized because I'm looking at the last box score and I look at where it was and it was it it was at Nova. So I I don't know why I just thought I thought that this next game was at Nova. I kind of goofed up, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> it feels good to have a game like this at home. Just ignore what I said before about being on the road. I understood what you meant, but yeah, Nova. Let's look in their last game against Butler, which was a game they really needed, and they got who performed. Eric Dixon was a guy we've talked about since this podcast started as their best player. He had twenty-two points, hit two threes. Justin Moore, who's really been starting to pick it up recently, he had 13 points. Brandon Hawson, the shooter off the bench, he didn't score against us, but he's been kind of on fire recently. He's a guy who could easily make three or four threes, honestly. You look at his recent games, he's made three, three, five, four, and three off the bench. So he's really on fire for them. So you got to look out for him. He's not going to play much, but he'll play enough to provide an impact. After that, they got a lot of, a lot of meh. Guys, Mark Armstrong, like we mentioned, hit that half-court shot in the first game. Burton, Bamba, Jordan Longino. It's just – I believe this is the first time we're getting Villanova at Gamble since we rejoined the Big East. Usually that game is at the XL Center. I know we were at the Nova game last year at the XL Center. But it, it's just awesome to have a Saturday night game at Gamble. I mentioned this in the last episode. A Saturday night game at Gamble that's not against Tulane or Tulsa because that's what we really were accustomed to over the past decade or so. But, yeah, this will be a great atmosphere. Just what do you think the keys to getting this one, Matt, keys to the win, if you had to choose one or two? Uh, A big key against anybody who plays against Villanova is shutting down Eric Dixon, not allowing him to dominate the game, uh, which we did pretty well last time. He only had 9.7 boards. Uh, But – I mean, Donovan Clingan's got to come out ready. Donovan Clingan's got to know he can't get into foul trouble. He's got to be out there. Donovan Clingan's got to play 25-plus minutes, in my opinion. That's a big key. And then we need bounce-back games uh, from our big guys, Spencer, Caravan, and even Castle, who didn't have a terrible game. I, I just feel like that three right there has the potential to be a great big three, even though we still have Clingan and Castle. So I feel like those three need to show up. They all need to put up productive, efficient games. If Newton only has 14 points, but he's like 5 of 8, I mean, I'm entirely fine with that. Um, Spencer's got to show up. Caravan's got to show up. And we just got to play our game. We got to take our shots. We can't be forcing shots just because we might make them because we are Alex Caravan or we are Cam Spencer. We got to get the right shots. It's it's not just about putting these shots up. You've got to do it from the start, too. You got to start strong, you know, keep it close don't fall behind like you did to Creighton you got to keep the game close yeah Caravan you mentioned he's kind of been in an interesting little streak here in the month of February against Butler he had seven points 25 versus Georgetown 21 versus DePaul seven versus Marquette seven versus Creighton so February you're either getting seven or 20 plus from Caravan we're due for a 20 plus but yeah, I agree with you. you got to really limit Dixon inside, especially outside as well, because he's a three-point threat. Not many of the other bigs that Klingon guards are three-point threats. Kalkbrenner, I believe he took one, but he's not a guy you really 
step out on too often. Joel Soriano for St. John's, not not at all. I mean, all these other great bigs aren't. Also, Godaro's never taken a three for Marquette, I don't believe. But Dixon's different than that. He's a guy that can beat you out there. So if you limit that, that'll really limit their options offensively. I think another key in the game is to get, like, kind of like you said, get those guys back on track, like Spencer, Caravan. There were, there were games where they combined for 10 threes. Not saying we need that to win, but it'd be nice to maybe even for them combined to set combined for seven or eight. I mean, they've each kind of been struggling a little bit recently, especially in that Creighton game, but to get them going. And I feel like we, we've been saying this all year, we need a little more from the bench in that game against Villanova and Philly. You really only were seven deep uh, Stewart and ball each played three minutes. That was, they didn't do anything in those three minutes. They just were out there to give guys some rest. We really need, even if it's just like, a couple minutes spark from ball in the first half. Maybe I'll knock down a shot. It's just, we saw how if we play these guys like Newton 37 minutes, he slows down like he did against Creighton. I feel like early notices that and sees we need to give him a little more of a rest, especially he has had like what, four days off since the last game. So maybe he's a little more recharged, but I still feel like you need to incorporate those bench guys a little more, especially for a tournament time where say you're playing sweet 16 elite eight, two games in three days, you're not going to ask Newton to play 40 minutes. And then in a 36 hours, play another 40, you're going to need guys like ball and Stewart to give you those boosts. So I'd say my keys limit Dixon, like you said, and get those bench guys incorporated a little bit more. I think we can jump to our players to watch for this Villanova game. Matt, you want to go first? Yeah, and I mean, I feel like there's a couple. I think last time I went with Klingon just because of Eric Dixon and he was coming off the injury. I mean, this one's kind of tough. I mean, you have so many guys who you could choose from, but I kind of want to go with one. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to go with two, Camp Spencer, Alex Caravan. I feel like you need a good shooting performance from one of them to win. So if one of them could make three or more threes, I think we can guarantee a win. So if Alex Caravan or Cam Spencer, one of the two of them can make three threes or more, I feel like we have a win. I feel like that's guaranteed. So I'll go with that. The guy I'm going to go with is Stefan Castle. In that in that previous Nova game, he he didn't play too much. He only played 17 minutes. There were That was a game Diara really kind of outplayed him and got the bulk of the minutes at that position. He only scored six points in that game versus Nova, and he's kind of been – he had that great streak. He had back-to-back 20-point games. He's kind of came back to earth since then. He did have 10 versus Creighton, and I forgot to mention, he had some nice drives against Kalkbrenner where he just like went right into him without any any fear and made the tough layups. But 10 points against Creighton, three against Marquette. There was a game in that Butler game earlier this month. He only had five. So he's had some lower-scoring games. I feel like this is a game where he can take over and get maybe 12 or 14 points. It's just... I feel like he matches up well against some of the smaller Villanova guards like Justin Moore and TJ Bomba. He's bigger than both of those guys. I feel like he should use that as his advantage. And they don't really have a rim protector. Dixon's their center. He's only, what, 6'8". He's not a guy that's blocking shots. They don't have anyone on the bench that is a threat to block shots. So he should really hone in on driving in and maybe draw the foul or just finish inside. He's one of the best finishers we've seen in a few years in this program. But, yeah, I think I feel like Stephon Castle. I'm looking for... 12 to 14 points, anything more, I'm happy. Anything less, if it's if it's not double figures, I'm a little disappointed. But, yeah, Stephon Castle is my guy. As long as he can make an impact. I mean, he's a big defense guy, too. So, 
he can impact the game many different ways. He can put up eight points, five points, and, I, and we can still win. So I feel like that's a good pick there. Yeah. I think that'll do it now. Episode 65. I mean, another – a rare episode these days. We talk about a, a loss, but a tough loss to a talented team. But, yeah, this is going to be a great atmosphere in stores. You can count on that. If you if you can make it up to game day, I'd recommend doing it. I, I believe I'm going to try to make it to go. It's going to be a great experience. Just the atmosphere at 10 a.m. in the morning, just a Gamble Pavilion. There's no players or anything, but just everyone's hyped. I mean, there's not many home games left. Some of you who may not be able to go to a Big East tournament game or go to a NCAA tournament game. Try to make it out to this one. It's a little pricey, as most of our games are recently, because we're number one in the country. But I'd recommend at least trying to go see one of these last two at Gamble because this is a team that you're going to want to say you saw in person. It's just they're that good. They're that talented. I'm not letting a loss in Omaha, Nebraska in the middle of February get to me. I still feel like this team's ceiling is national championship. Their floor, I, I don't want to say the floor is final four, but I, I really feel like that might be the case. But yeah, that's all we got. Thanks for watching. What's, what's our next? We actually have a little bit of a break, I believe, after this one. I think our next game after this Nova game is the Seton Hall game, if I'm not mistaken. So we got, what, eight days? So we'll do something. We'll, we'll figure out something to do in that time frame. I don't know what it'll be yet. I'm not going to make any promises. But, yeah, stay tuned for our next episode. And thanks for watching.